This is the Scale with Psychology podcast, where you're going to optimize your psychology to exponentially scale your business and become the ultimate version of yourself. I'm your host, Ani Manian, widely known as the Mind Whisperer and trusted advisor and psychedelic therapist to the world's top entrepreneurs and leaders. And I believe that entrepreneurship is a mental game. And the main constraint in any business is not the strategies and tactics, but the psychology of the founder. And with each episode, I'm going to help you take your life in business to levels you never thought possible. If you're ready to play the game of life and business in God mode, then this is the podcast for you. If you're a regular listener of this podcast and you're an ambitious seeker of growth, then you might have heard of this idea of raising your level of consciousness. You might have heard me talk about this. And you might have heard me talk about this as if this is the most important thing in the universe. Um, and that's because it is. <laughs> but today I'm going to actually tell you in a very practical way what this actually means and why you should care about raising your level of consciousness. So your consciousness is essentially the space in which you experience everything. You experience reality, you experience objects, you experience sensations, you experience tastes, you experience thoughts. And you experience your entire sense of self, which is often called as the ego. Now, this container that encapsulates all the perceptual activity that is essentially what reality, your reality, your personal reality is made of, determines your experience of life between the two bookends of birth and death. Now, you can imagine that optimizing your daily experience of reality is probably one of the most profound and important things you can do for yourself. Because this space, this container, this aperture through which we experience everything, our loved ones, our self, our world, food, the physical material objects in our space, nature, other people, our purpose, our jobs, our businesses, our um, activities and hobbies like, you know, running or swimming in a pool. Literally every single thing happens in the space of our consciousness. So what does it mean to raise your level of consciousness? And how can this be understood in a really practical way? So to start, the, the first and the most important thing to understand is that our level of consciousness can be understood really simply as how aware we are of what we're experiencing and its true nature. So if you're like most people, you probably do a lot of things on autopilot, habitually. And these are programs that have been imprinted in your mind to be executed really without your conscious awareness. So what's an example of this? You wake up in the morning and you brush your teeth. Now, every time you brush your teeth, you don't have to learn all over again how to brush your teeth. 
you simply just know. And if you're like most people, you don't actually think about brushing your teeth. You don't think, okay, I'm going to move the brush up. Now I'm going to move it down. Now left, now right. Oh shit, I'm not doing it right because the dentist said to do it this other way. Let me start over again. Most people don't have this dialogue when they're brushing their teeth. And another example would be, say you're driving your car. It appears that you get in your car and you know, you're driving and you get to the other side and you almost forget what happened in the middle, right? You, you don't really pay attention, really um, fine-tuned attention to every single action. You turn your head, you look at the rearview mirror, you turn the wheel, you change the gears. It, it just all happens. It's unconscious. And another way to think about this is you've reached a level of unconscious competence, now, things weren't always this way. At some point, you had to learn to drive a car because you'd never driven a car. And when you first got into that car, or when you first brushed your teeth, though you might not remember, it was a new experience. It was a novel experience. It was unfamiliar. And because it was unfamiliar, you had to bring all your conscious awareness to the experience because you didn't want to crash the car because the stakes were really high. And so you really paid attention to every single thing. You adjusted all the mirrors. You orientated yourself with how the gears work, how the car starts, if it's you know a keyed ignition or a push button. And you were really aware. You were really present in the entire experience. But you know, once you did that a few times, you developed a level of competence where you could actually operate the car without being present, without being conscious of every single move you make. And so this is really an evolutionary adaptation to help us conserve energy, because imagine if we had to learn these things every single time we did them, right? It would be exhausting. I mean, we'd be exhausted by the time we got the basic things done and out of the way. And we'd have to learn everything from scratch over and over again. So the kindness of design, really, how nature has designed us, um, is really that we've learned to habituate these programs. Now, on one hand, this is very useful. It helps us survive. It helps us conserve energy because, you know, the brain actually takes about 40% of your body's energy. So the body wants to survive and it wants to maximize its chances of survival. So it's creating these automations as much as possible. And you know, scientists say that between 95 to 99% of everything that we do, everything we think, it's all automated. It's all stuff from the past. It's all stuff that we've created a habitual loop around. And literally what happens in the brain is that neurons, they create these pathways and these pathways become really well-grooved. They become, they start as dirt roads and they become these really, um, beautiful, slick, fast superhighways. And this is a process known as myelination. And once myelination happens around a certain behavioral pattern or thought pattern, um, what happens is that it becomes easier. It becomes more effortless. So we're able to do it with less conscious thought, with less effort, with less energy required to execute that. Now, this is great, as we said, for survival, to be efficient, but it also sucks. It really sucks 
when some of these patterns, when some of these behaviors are destructive. So, you know, I'll give you an example from my life. Um, you know, I used to love eating uh, late at night, right? And what that would cause is that because I was still trying to digest food, I my sleep wouldn't be that great. And then I'd wake up and I'd love to have coffee in the morning. And, you know, I had all these habituated behavioral programs that were actually keeping me from having as much freedom in my own life. And, you know, some people, um, you might know them or you might suffer from this yourself, um, are addicted to things, maybe potato chips, maybe ice cream, maybe something else, maybe alcohol, maybe drugs, um, maybe, you know, prescription medication. Now, all these addictions are an example of this habitual loop, this unconscious habituation, automation that's occurred in the body, occurred in the mind, and really let's call it body-mind because they're part of the same system. So separating it doesn't actually make sense. So we've also habituated things that are actually destructive, things that are, they create negative effects in our life. Now, this is not just in terms of behavior, this also happens in terms of thoughts. So if you're prone to anxiety, if you're prone to overwhelm, stress, procrastination, perfectionism, um, negative thinking, or a lot of self-criticism, then you've habituated these negative patterns in your thoughts, in your mind. So you can imagine that when we habituate these negative patterns, then we literally suffer at our own hands and often we feel powerless to do anything about it. So the first step in this whole idea of raising your level of consciousness is going from the unconscious, that is the habituated, the automated patterns, to conscious and aware. And going from the unconscious to the conscious is really one of the most important journeys we can take. And we must take this on many levels because this is the process of liberating ourselves, of finding freedom really from our own minds because our minds can be terrible tyrants. And rather than letting our minds dictate our state, our life, the quality of our experience, we want to be the ones who use it. We want to be the ones who direct our minds and experience the best life, the best reality that we can. So we can, you know, really make the most of this little trip. So going from the unconscious to conscious needs to happen on many levels. Because most of the times, and we have about 60 to 70,000 thoughts a day, like I said, 95 to 99% of these thoughts are completely unconscious, and they're out of our conscious awareness. So when this happens, if those thoughts are negative, if those thoughts are like, oh, you're such a piece of shit, you ate cake again, or um, you know, you can't write that book, you're not good enough, who told you that you could be a published author? Or you, know, you keep um, procrastinating on that assignment that you really could excel at and then get that promotion, um, and this is just you know, more evidence that you're deeply unworthy of that promotion. So we have all these limiting thoughts. We have all these limiting beliefs even. Our beliefs are just 
habituated thoughts. Thoughts that we've had so many times that we've just accepted them as reality. And then we've essentially really myelinated those neural synapses. So now we've, we've anchored those in and the way we experience reality is through the filter of those beliefs. So if I have a belief that I'm not good enough, then everything in my reality will be filtered through that. And the only things I will really receive as truth is what directly supports that belief. And we have all sorts of beliefs. And almost all beliefs are actually limiting beliefs. Now, this journey from the unconscious to the conscious needs to also happen with our actions because we take lots of actions. And our thoughts are a product of our beliefs and the actions that we take um, are coming out of the thoughts we think. And in the middle, there's a missing link, which is our feelings. So we also habituate how we feel. And our feelings really come from our thoughts because we live in the feeling of our thinking. The combination of our thoughts and our feelings result in our behavior. So if we think happy thoughts and we feel really happy, then chances are we'll take really great inspired action towards that business goal, towards you know a hobby, towards you know a creative pursuit, or towards our partners in a partners in a relationship. Now, another area which is worth talking about is our reactions. And I say, I call our reaction separately because we're always reacting, right? And a reaction is really something we do in response to an external person or a situation, circumstance. And most people have trouble with this. You know, it's about to be the holiday season and you might be, um, you might find yourself with family and you might remember how, you know, your family is, and we all have a story about our families and, you know, often we find ourselves reacting habitually to our family. You know, that cousin always inspires us and that aunt always pisses us off. And we rarely have control over these reactions, right? So in relationships, these reactions really manifest. And most of these reactions are really unconscious. And what we really want to do is bring a level of awareness and presence and consciousness to our thoughts, to our feelings, to our beliefs, to our actions, to our reactions, to our habits. Now, when all of these things are happening at an unconscious level, we don't really have any say in our life. And we, we, we experience negative states like anxiety, stress, depression, and we feel completely powerless. We find ourselves addicted to things, people, situations, and we find ourselves powerless. So really, if we want to have personal power, if we want to have any say in our life, if we want to be in the driver's seat of our life, we really want to bring a higher level of consciousness to all these things. Now, what else? So another way we can raise our level of consciousness is allowing the awareness of other possibilities, especially the ones contrary to what we believe to be true. So here's the funny thing about the thoughts we think and the beliefs we hold. One of the signature attributes of being in a low level of consciousness, right, which is synonymous with 
uh, being stuck in our ego, being really identified with the ego, is that all our thoughts and all our beliefs appear to us to be true. Why? Because they're happening to us, right? So two things happen. So we have a thought, and the first attribute of that is that we think it's happening to us. I'm having that thought, right? That is the ego identifying with the thought. Or I have this belief. This is about me. That's the ego identifying with the belief. And that's really what the ego is made of. The ego isn't a thing. It's a collection of thoughts and beliefs that are glued together. And they're glued together around this sense of self. So the first attribute is that I'm having this thought. I'm having this belief. And the second is that it's true. Why? Because I'm having it, so it must be true. <laughs> and we get stuck. We get really stuck in our thoughts and beliefs because we identify with them and we decide that they're true. And what happens is this creates limitation in our life, right? This excludes all other possibilities than the one we're holding. So, you know, if I decide that... Um, you know, I don't know enough to start a business, for example, or um, this person that, you know, I'm in love with um, isn't going to find me attractive, or um, I can't shake this eating disorder, or I'm anxious, or I'm depressed, or, you know, insert, you know, your flavor, today's flavor of limiting thought or belief. What happens is that I've immediately excluded all other possibilities. I've cut off all other possibilities. And so I'm now stuck. I'm now limited. I live in a box and this in this box, only this thought, this belief is true. And so when I operate in this way, when I've decided how I am, when I've decided how other people are, our, you know, our, when we've decided how our partners are, how our families are, how the world is, um, how people are, how you know people with this color skin are, and how people with that color skin are, when I've decided how you know people in this state are or that country are, I've basically cut off possibilities. I've cut off options. I've cut out perspective. And when we're tied to our own perspectives, we're cutting off other perspectives, especially the ones that are contrary to us, right? And when we do this, we get stuck in lower levels of consciousness. We cut off new, beautiful, innovative solutions to our problems, right? We cut off the possibility that we're actually perfectly healthy, happy, and whole, and not anxious, stressed, and depressed as we've diagnosed ourselves or a doctor's diagnosed ourselves to be. So the fundamental shift here is this idea that what I believe doesn't have to be true. That my set of thoughts, beliefs, actions, you know, perspectives are worn like a loose fitting t-shirt rather than something I grip really tightly. Because when I wear my thoughts and beliefs loosely, then I'm not really stuck in them. I'm not, you know, squeezed by them. I'm not really identified by them. I can swap them out if I see something that 
you know, feels a little better. But most people never do this. Most people can never do this because they stay stuck in their own suffering that they're creating. And then they identify with it and then they take ownership of it. And then they say that this is true, right? And you can think about all the limiting thoughts and beliefs you've had about yourself that you assume to be true. Maybe you're not good enough, you're not worthy of love. Maybe you need to prove your worth. You know, maybe you need to accrue a stream of achievements and success and wealth before you can feel good about yourself. And all these things become the prison we live in. So how do we get out of it? By disidentifying, by choosing to believe that what we believe may not actually be true. And that creates a little bit of space, which brings us to the third thing, which is creating the space to have choice, to have to be able to choose a reaction consciously. And there's another attribute of this, which is choosing a reaction, choosing a thought, choosing a behavior, choosing a belief from a space of oneness rather than separation. So the fundamental cause of pretty much all our misery, all our suffering is we're operating in a state of separation, separation from ourselves, separation from others, separation from the world, separation from everything. Now, there's thousands of studies on this, so I'm going to spare you the scientific um, stuff. But the key thing to know is that to go from a low level of consciousness to a higher level of consciousness, we need to go from living in a state of separation to living in a state of oneness or connection with everything, right? And when we do this, there's a few attributes that emerge of that experience. We are able to find a space of acceptance, acceptance for ourselves, acceptance for our so-called imperfections, our flaws, acceptance for our failures, the things that, you know, we just couldn't do or couldn't do well enough by whatever standards we're using. We are able to be non-reactive. So things happen, you know, people say stuff and we don't react. In fact, we are able to pause and respond. And maybe instead of being really reactive and really vitriolic, we can find a space of curiosity. So we operate another quality of oneness is the space of curiosity. Because in a state of oneness, we are connected to everything. So we are everything, right? So there's no personalization. It's not me versus you or me, us versus them. It's all me. It's all us. It's all one thing. So we become curious about life. We become curious about people. We become curious about experience itself. We operate from a state of gratitude. Now, this is really beautiful. We become grateful, not just for the good things, the so-called good things, but also for the so-called bad things. In fact, this duality of good and bad almost completely evaporates. So at higher levels of consciousness, we just feel grateful. We're grateful for everything, for all the circumstances, for all the people, for whatever happens. Because there isn't this fundamental filter of judgment that's coloring experience. There's a 
there's a sense of compassion and love, right? And kindness. So rather than being judgmental, rather than being resentful, rather than hating, you know, pushing away at and um, sending anger and rage, what happens is we find compassion. So even if someone does something to hurt us, we're able to see where they might be hurting. We're able to find that compassion, that kindness, that love, because it's not the other that's trying to hurt us, right? We, we recognize that it's, there's just pain happening and that pain is just flowing through this being, right? And that being is actually an extension of our being. It's actually one being. And that's just experience flowing through. So the last piece is that when we move from a lower level of consciousness to a higher level of consciousness, what happens is we find the most pure sense of freedom. And that is the, free, the freedom to not be affected by any external circumstance. So nothing on the outside dictates our internal experience. So the amount of money we have in our bank account can't affect how we feel, right? What's happening in the business or work can't stress us out. What's happening with our relationship can't make us angry. What's happening out in the world can't make, make us anxious, right? There's almost a, a severing of that apparent connection that we think exists between the outside and the inside. And what happens is we become completely liberated from these shadowy outside forces that for most of our life at lower levels of consciousness, we thought controlled our experience. We thought that, you know, if we had invested a bunch of money in uh, a certain deal and that deal went south and we lost our life savings, we have to be upset. We have to be really sad. We have to be completely devastated. We know intellectually that that doesn't actually help. But we've just been conditioned that the outside has to affect the inside. We know that if we get broken up intellectually, that we have to grieve and suffer and you know, be in it for perhaps months, perhaps years. Now, none of this is a, a kind of bypass. It's an argument for bypassing how we feel. Because that, and there's more episodes coming to talk about feeling, because feeling is the other really big pillar of raising our level of consciousness. But what this is about is not allowing anyone else, anything else to have our peace. Not abdicating our freedom. Not imprisoning ourselves using external objects, external people, external circumstances. And so when we make this journey from a lower level of consciousness to a higher level of consciousness, we become what I like to call limitless. We're able to find just absolutely breathtaking, game-changing, new, innovative problems, uh, sorry, solutions <laughs> to the problems we're facing. We are able to find a sense of peace and calm and, and flow and happiness and joy that's ever present, that's always there 
underneath our experience. Now it just comes to the forefront and nothing seems to be able to take it away. Nothing can impinge on that. Nothing can overpower that with negative states like stress, anxiety, sadness, anger, reactivity, right? And what happens is we actually find ourselves in the driver's seat of our life. Now, this is a tricky one because, you know, we want to feel like we are making all this happen, right? We are the controllers of our life and we love having power and control, but that's not what this is about. Being in the driver's seat of our life is not about um, necessarily feeling or needing control to feel safe. What this is about is actually feeling like things are going our way without actually needing to make anything happen. Now, that's not an excuse for not taking action, but all the action we take at higher levels of consciousness comes not from a place of deficit, that I need to prove something, I need to prove my worth, I need to prove that I'm good enough. Um, you know, And we know a lot of people who start businesses, collect achievements and accolades, because they're gonna prove something, right? All our action, everything we do, all our doing comes from a place of inspiration and joy. We do it just for the pure experience of doing it. We start that business because we wonder, wow, that'd be super cool. It'd be super cool to start this business and really help people in this unique way, to really contribute, to really make an impact. So it becomes less about you know, overcoming our own uh, limiting beliefs about ourselves and you know, proving that we're worthy and more about giving. It becomes more about what we can contribute, how we can help. And when that changes, all the action we take, it just goes so much further. And the, the space in which we take all those actions, it's so much richer, it's so much more blissful, it's so much more happy. And it almost feels like there's no downsides. Failure ceases to exist because there's no such thing. It's just information. And all of this, all of reality, is spontaneously appearing. It's an appearance. And I, I promise we'll go into that soon, why this is an appearance and why this material reality isn't what we think it is, right? And where it all comes from. But today, I just wanted you to have a sense, a really practical sense for a concept that, you know, for most people, it just seems a little spiritual, a little woo-woo, and it is. But it's also really real and practical. And I really think you should care about it because it can dramatically change your life. It can make an extraordinary difference in your quality of life, in how every minute of every day feels like for you, feels like in your body, in your mind. So I hope this sparks some thoughts and some conversations. And if you want to take that to the next level, I'm going to ask you a few questions that you can journal on or reflect on yourself. So what are the things you find yourself doing unconsciously that are actually hurting you? So, you know, maybe take the next few days to really allow this question to sit in your mind as you go about your day. And when you find something negatively affecting you, you can ask yourself, what is my level of consciousness around this? Maybe it's self-talk. Maybe you criticize yourself a lot. 
maybe there's a fear of failure and that keeps you procrastinating or in a cycle of perfectionism. Maybe uh, you have a lot of anxiety and that's negatively impacting your life. So with all of these things or whatever it is that is pertinent to you, ask yourself, where am I in my level of consciousness around this? Is this happening automatically, unconsciously? Is this automated in my system? Or am I choosing this? Am I conscious of this? And do I have the space to make a different choice? Try this on and drop me a comment. Let me know how this goes for you. I love you and remember that you are limitless. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you found value, please consider leaving a five-star review to allow the show to reach more people or share this episode via your social media channels. If you're an entrepreneur and want support in exponentially scaling your business, email me at ani at animanian.com.